Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. On October the 7th, when Hamas attacked Israel in the most violent and terroristic fashion possible, an organization known as United Hatzalah, first responder, responder organization, began to do its work. Nobody was expecting what happened. Our guest didn't expect it, but he became deeply involved. Eli Beer is the CEO and the founder of United Hatzalah. Mr. Beer, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a bit about your uh, organization, United Hatzalah. Well, United Hatzalah is a group of 7,000 volunteers who are all trained as paramedics or EMTs to respond to every type of emergency from choking to heart attacks to um, car accidents and, of course, terrorist attacks. And our goal is to get there in 90 seconds before brain damage starts occurring to people who are injured or hurt or sick. And uh, we go out to 2,000 emergencies every day. Uh, we are fully volunteers, meaning we go to save people. They don't get charged. Volunteers don't get paid. They don't get reimbursed for their time or even for the fuel that they use for their cars or, or these motorcycles. We have um, special vehicles that we give the volunteers that people actually give us, donate to us, and we use it. It's called ambucycles, motorcycle ambulances that are well-equipped like, like an ambulance, but has the ability to, to, to get there quickly because no traffic could stop a motorcycle. And when they get there, they could stabilize the patient. And then eventually when the ambulance arrives, they take them to the hospital. So we are ready to go 24 seven in, in seconds we're there. And that's what we do every day. And that's why we were so effective and so, um, such a big difference that we made October 7th. I ask my Israeli guests how that day, October 7th, began for them. And I know from listening to your interview with former Canadian ambassador to Israel, Vivian Berkovich, who will be on the air with us next hour, on the Ambassador State of Tel Aviv podcast, that October the 7th began with your phone ringing at 6.40 in the morning. Please take us back to that moment. 6.40 a.m., I receive a call from the United Hatzalah Command Center. We have an underground command center where we could be uh, operating even during missile attacks. And we had a team, a small team, nothing, you know, nothing out, you, you know, this was a Shabbat morning, of a holiday of Simchat Torah, which is a Torah celebration holiday. And um, we had 10 dispatchers answering the phone. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they started getting hundreds and hundreds of calls coming in. Um, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't answer the phones. People were just begging and crying, saying, just save our son, save our daughter, save our children. They're hiding. We're hiding them in the, in the, in the, in the bomb shelter. We're hiding them in, in a, in a, inside a, uh, um, some one person I'll never forget called and said, I, we're hiding our kids in the, in the attic. We're going out to save to save to save them. We're going out to be killed by the terrorists because they're looking for someone to to kill some some Jew to kill, 
And this is what people were calling us about. And we, this is before the massacre. This is in the beginning of the massacre. So I jumped out of bed. I was in our command center within 15 minutes. Um, I saw dozens of volunteers coming in from other areas. Some of them were Orthodox Jews who were coming with the talis on them. It reminded me of uh, pictures I saw from the Yom Kippur War, where people ran out of synagogue to join the trucks taking him to the to fighting, and they were wearing the talis, the the Jewish uh, um, cape. And uh, I, I I I answered phones. I started answering phones, and all of a sudden, I get I'm getting these phone calls, and I'm getting a phone call of a woman saying, "I hid my my son inside a, a wash machine." So they don't find they don't find him. The problem was that they burned down these homes with the kids inside. They knew kids are hiding everywhere and people are hiding everywhere, and they want to make sure they kill everyone. So they burned down their homes so they choke to death and kill them and burn them. And uh, we were sending our troops from everywhere because we had hundreds of volunteers living in in Kibbutz Beri and in Kfar Aza and all these places. They were living there, and many of them were injured, and many of them, we had two volunteers who were already shot and killed and murdered by the terrorists. And we had one volunteer who actually went out to save people. And while he went to save the people, his kids were kidnapped. Later on, we found out we had two volunteers themselves were kidnapped. We were going through a real, real horrifying moments ourselves as a, as a volunteer corps. All of a sudden, we're in the front lines trying to save people. And one of our volunteers runs into a fire zone with a motorcycle, an ambulance, and the terrorists are shooting on him, shot him in his face, arm, and leg, and he fell off the motorcycle. Luckily, he had a gun, a handgun on him, and he was able to shoot the terrorists. And he said, on the walkie-talkie, we hear him, we hear him say, oh, I, I, I dismantled the terrorist. He said, the terrorist. All of a sudden, he's yelling, and he's blood. He's bleeding everywhere from his face and leg. And he says, 20 others just showed up. That's how, that's how he understood. It's not, it's not the terrorists anymore. It's a war. We understood that was a war because we had two volunteers that were killed in different, diff different areas. Um, and uh, we, we started sending people from everywhere, from Tel Aviv, from Netanya, from Jerusalem. And volunteers with ambulances, with cars, with with any possible way, they were just going down and going through the police checkpoints because the police said it's too dangerous to go in. But our volunteer says, we're not going to stand outside. We're going in. And they just, heroes, like real heroes, started rescuing people. And this was early in the morning. My wife, Gitti, was a paramedic. Uh, she's incredible. She's an American girl, made Aliyah, family made Aliyah to Israel. And she was always jealous that I come back every time with a smile after I save people. For many years, she saw me saving people. Then she said to me when she was 45, she said, I want to go to medical school to become a paramedic. And it was a four-year medical school, a real top, top training. And she finished, she graduated three months ago. And she went in to save people. And she, I, I said goodbye to her. I gave her a hug right before I left. I said, Gitti, if you're going, you're not, you might not come back. And she said, I know, but I'm going. That's my job. That's what I went to school for, to learn to save lives. And that's what United Hatzalah is all about. Volunteers who, who put their own lives 
in danger and they 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 put the side of their family every their businesses their family and they run in to, to sacrifice their lives for for saving lives of people so that's what we did that day and we helped many many people you must have wondered where's the army well let me tell you something that wasn't told before because you probably interviewed so many people and i'm saying this and i'm very proud on one hand i'm very very proud at one point i'm very proud but i'm sad i'm sad to say this but i'm very proud also to say this unite um the israeli government failed failed in this whole process this it was a terrible failure of the intelligence of the government um the army failed the ones who actually saved israel were the people the people from the kibbutzim the ones who were carrying the guns, the paramedics who were carrying the trauma kits, the, the people who ran in with trauma kits and with guns, the soldiers, the army failed, but the soldiers won because the soldiers from everywhere around the country put on uniforms, put on their boots, and ran down to save people, not getting organized by the army, but by themselves. That's why so many soldiers died because it takes an army, every army in the world, the Canadian army, the American army, the English army, any army takes hours or sometimes days to get organized to fight in a war. This was a war forced on Israel. This wasn't a terrorist attack. The army could deal with a terrorist attack easily. The police could deal with a, a terrorist attack. But when this terrorist attack was so, was super, this, this, this was so organized by Iran and other countries who were helping them, getting organized, Hezbollah, this was something that was so big that an army has more than, it needs more than just a couple of hours to get organized. So the soldiers who came in, the Sayyid Matkal, the Yamam, which the police, and uh, the Egos, the other units, the Golani, the brigades of, of, of San Khanim, they came in. Many of them knew that they're going to die, but they're going to save Israel. If it wasn't for these people, if it wasn't for the civilians, and for the soldiers who ran in, we would have 5,000 more people murdered, if not more. And luckily, we have the people of Israel who are strong people and were able to protect the country. It wasn't the government. It wasn't the army. It was the soldiers, and it was the people. Yeah, I understand that uh, in some cases, that included Apache, Apache attack helicopter crews who just took off. And they did exactly. what they had to do. Exactly. If you know the story of the Apache, I'm very proud to see that you know it because the Apache guys are incredible. They didn't get orders from the top. The hierarchy of the army was broken because of what the surprise that we had. This was a big, big surprise. A Yom Kippur war again. So the Apache guys just jumped on the Apaches and they, and they got the coordinates by the people on the ground. A nephew of one of the Apache pilots was there, and he was sending messages. I'm, I'm under attack. Please help me. And send, he sent the location where he was. That's how they knew by WhatsApp where to go. This was one of the worst situations for any army. I don't know how many armies could have. Uh, look, I'm an American. Besides for being a Jew and Israeli, I'm also an American. And I love the American government and the country and the, and the, and the you know, American people. I don't think America could have gotten organized faster. 
it's not like only Israel. This was a massive, massive attack from so many directions. Missiles, drones, these guys were flying these these uh, these uh, parachute things. They were coming from the water from everywhere. And it was like attacks of rats. If you see, I, I'm, I've been to New York many times when I see rats running from everywhere. How do you catch them? You can't. They're coming from everywhere. This is how they, these terrorists came. Mr. Beer, what do you say about people in this country saluting Hamas, supporting Hamas, and chanting the Hamas chants after what you saw on October 7th? Well, my father was my inspiration. My father was born 1928 in New York. And my father told me that when he was a young boy, he as a Jew heard of what was going on in Europe where Hitler is getting so popular and so many people followed Hitler and his ideas, his ideology of killing every Jew, killing every gay, everyone he wanted. He, he had a plan to get rid of anyone Hitler had never, never liked. He had a whole book about this called Mein Kampf. And my father told me that in America, they had, they had parades for Hitler, parades with young people who believed that Hitler was right. We have to clean the world from the Jews and everyone else who could, uh, you, know, uh, you know, like according to his ideology, we should all have been dead. And in America and in other countries, they were saluting for Hitler. And when I see these youngsters, well, I can understand some of them that have a personal connection, maybe some family members of people in Gaza who uh, maybe, uh, maybe are screaming the pain that their families are suffering, which I blame the Hamas for. But people who are not connected to this, who are just fighting against Israel, and blaming Israel for everything and saying from the sea, from the river to the sea, free Palestine. These people are exactly the same as the pro-Nazis in 1936. There is no difference. 1938, 1940, people were saluting for Hitler. And by the way, I heard some interviews just in the last few days of famous people on, on, the Insta, on, in, on, on social media we're now saying that um, the, the English, the Prime Minister of England, was a criminal, a war criminal for what he did to Germany. Because now we're saying, how could you blame Israel for what they're doing? Uh, look at, you know, England, what they did to Germany. How many innocent Germans died when they were fighting against Germany? And they say, yeah, well, they were criminals. The, the English were criminals. They should have gone to to. They should have executed them. This is what we're living through. People are looking at the Palestinians and what they're doing now in terms of the, not, the, the October 7th is the greatest thing they could have, they could have done. Oh, they're fighting for, 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 for freedom, for justice, for, you know, this is, a this is a terrible thing and this has to be stopped. There is no difference fighting for, you know, for the Hamas right now, for the Hamas, and fighting for, for Hitler in 1936. Same exact thing. Hamas, just go on their website, and you know the website, they have a, a very clear message on it. They want to kill every single Israeli, 
on every single Jew, and then they want their plan is to continue to Europe, to Canada, to America, and they have already people everywhere. So it's just a it's just a, ma a matter of time. And they starting in Israel. Israel is the guinea pig for the Hamas, and it's the Hezbollah, and it's ISIS, Al Qaeda, and all these organizations are the same, 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 different names. Okay. And we should be very worried about this. Mr. Beer, I wish we had more time. I really do. And I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, you're volunteers, and you are incredible people. And uh, you and uh, the other volunteers in the country saved, saved Israel. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. I hope we can talk I again sometime. That. And I just want to mention our website, if you don't mind. Please, yeah, go ahead. Learn more. It's israelrescue.org. Okay. IsraelRescue.org. Thank you, Mr. Beer. Thank you. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.